of Truth with Ruth. This is me, Ruth Ruckel, and I have long-time family friend, Samantha. <laughs> do you go by Adam? Is, do you still go by last name Adam, or what's your last name now? It's Adam. Okay. Um, I'm maybe changing it to Gerhardt. We'll that's see. okay. I, that's what I have <laughs> you as, is Samantha Adam. Um, I know some of you are like, why wouldn't you know her last name? Well, there's a story behind that, so <laughs> you'll probably get to hear it, but and my long, long time friend, like since high school friend, uh, mm-hmm. on the phone with me today. And I, we just had to start recording cause we weren't talking through for 30 minutes. So I'm like, I think we should probably be recording this. This is good content. So <laughs> I wanted to do a series. Um, it's been on my heart to share people's testimonies into freedom because if anyone knows me, my passion is, is, seeing people set free and then taking their freedom and setting other people free, using it to really just set people free from whatever that thing is that they carry grace for. And so Sam was um, messaging me the other night about some, just sharing some things that God had done in her. And I said, I really feel like we should probably podcast that so that people can hear your journey. Um, Some of it's depression, mental health, like family like all the way back from family till now, but then it's not, it's like the demonic attaching itself to you. So you're going to hear a lot of, you're going to hear a journey from, like I was saying to Sam on the phone, I said, a lot of times we'll, we'll deal with a situation outside of revelation. And then we'll deal with that same situation inside the revelation of God. And so you're going to hear, you're going to hear Sam's journey in, in a normal situation outside of the revelation of God. And like what, we tend to do like if we're just solving a problem in the world and then when God sheds light light on something and we begin to get revelation around what it actually is and then we can step into that and deal with the root of a problem. So um, everybody welcome my friend Sam. Hey. Hi. Yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. So you're just gonna Long you're time. just gonna share you're we're just kind of gonna dive into it. You can go back we're going to repeat everything we've really just talked about your family history um, because hers centers around uh, depression and some other things, but there's a Mm -hmm. whole side of that, of getting set free from, from just all of that. So I'm just going to let you go for it and I'll ask questions in between or sort of highlight things as you talk so that we don't gloss over anything super important that people need to really pick up. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying, um, you know, I was born to two heroin addicts um, and my father came from a, just a family of suicide um, where his father had killed himself, his grandfather had killed himself and all of his siblings attempted suicide. My father, so he ended up killing himself um, and then one of his siblings did actually succeed in killing themselves. So obviously there is some mental health issues, but also, I mean, I really feel that that's a generational curse because that's so out of the norm, you know, it's out of the ordinary just to have so many people killing themselves. Um, and then my mom's side of the family, uh, comes from a native American background and they just really, really suffer with addiction. Um, and I can't even tell you how many people on that side of the family have died of stress of the liver, and including my mom. Just really having all that in the background. Um, so obviously there are some, some issues, and I do believe that mental health is real, um, and I want to be respectful of that. But I also believe that the enemy is real, and I do believe that um, there are generational curses that do need to be broken. Um, but where I was, I was coming out of, um, a broken marriage and I was going through a divorce and I was, had moved in with my aunt. I was having, you know, I was drinking a little bit more than I normally would. 
Uh, I think we're told that a lot of people say, Oh, get yourself some wine. And if you, if you do have that addictive personality, I can get addicted to anything. You know, I mean, I can get addicted to food. I can get addicted to alcohol. I can get addicted to exercise. I can get addicted to starving myself. I can get addicted to camp fresh. I mean, if it's going to numb me, I can seek it out. Um, but I was having problems with insomnia and I've always had problems with insomnia. I've always had problems with sleep paralysis. And so I was getting a lot of sleep paralysis at my aunt's house. And for people that don't suffer with that, um, it's almost like you're between a waking state and a sleep state. And a lot of people can feel demons pulling on them or sitting on them or scraping them from the inside. And I was going through that. And so the, you know, the natural world tells you, you know, well, then you get on medication, that it's a, it's a problem with sleep. And so I went to the doctors and I got on trazodone and I didn't really know much about trazodone. So I started taking trazodone and it really is a really strong drug. And I don't think that it's meant to be on, you know, continuously. So I was taking, and of course it was like a really strong dose <laughs> as well. So I was taking trazodone and drinking. And so then that was kind of making the drinking kind of crazy. And I was getting really bad anxiety. So then they put me on Zoloft. At that point, they also put me on Ativan at two milligrams twice daily, which I don't know if you've been on Ativan. So basically, I'm just out of it all. all, Okay, so basically, I'm just out of it all the time. And it's just like uppers and downers. Um, And I was told... I was told, you know, hey, some of the side effects are suicidal thoughts. And I, I was told to tell my aunt that I was living with, um, the boys and I were living with her. We were running, we were running rooms from her. And it was, it was going pretty well. And so I told her, you know, hey, watch for these symptoms. And, of course, two weeks later, and when I first got on the medications, I was, like, so happy. <laughs> Like, happy to the point that I was scared because I, I was like, this is like a counterfeit happiness. Like, this isn't like normal happy sound. This is like, and, you know, I had people outside, you know, secular friends, people that are not kingdom-minded friends, not wise counsel. And they're saying, oh, maybe you were depressed for so long. And I'm thinking, I don't remember being depressed, but okay, maybe I was. Oh <laughs> right? I don't really remember that being an issue before. So I was like, okay. And then I did, I got suicidal thoughts. So I told my aunt, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm having these suicidal thoughts. Now I've not taken anything. And in none of these, these situations where you're going to find out I was 5150, did I take anything? But so she was like, okay. And so she called the cops. And so the cops came and they arrested me. And well, they didn't arrest me, but they escorted me to a um, to a mental hospital. And, you know, they do like a cavity search. They take everything away from you. You're just really treated like you are scum. There's no hope there. You are just given a mat and a, a pillow and you sleep on the floor and you're fed three times a day. There's no, I thought, okay, they're going to help me. They're going to talk to me about what's going on. We're going to get to something. and that's not what happened. By the time I did see a psychiatrist, I'd been there for probably, I want to say about 60 hours. Wow. Um, and by that point, I made friends with the nurses and they were like, on the down low, look, you just tell them you are not suicidal. This is not the place to deal with these things. They're like, you're going to need to do this on your own. And so you know, when they came, I was like, oh, no, I feel fine. Everything's perfect. <laughs> just get me out of here. That was my goal. The goal from the moment I got there was just to lie and do whatever I could to get out. So from that point, I came home, and I really do think that um, I started triggering some things with my aunt, who works a 12-step program. She just started speaking negativity over me. And so I'm in this place. And now I am depressed and I just got this negativity being spoken over me. And I started to grasp hold of that. And I really feel like a demonic presence started attaching itself to me there. And now um, I was watching TV one time with my son and I looked down in my head and scratch marks on my chest just out of nowhere. And then he woke up one night in the same room and he had 
scratch marks on his back. So now I'm like over medicated. Um, and I started really craving alcohol, not in any way, not even like in a human way. It was just like, it was like a craving. Like I would drink hand sanitizer if I had to, I would drink perfume if I had to. I mean, it was like, I had to have alcohol. Um, and so I started looking up. So then I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to AA, but it didn't really make sense to me because I didn't feel like an alcoholic. And so I started looking up information on the SSRIs that I was taking. And one of the symptoms was that people complained about was that it made you crave alcohol. Wow. And I went to my doctor and I talked to them about that. And they were like, no, no, that's not the case. You're probably an alcoholic. So then I, you know, I really went in and started doing, uh, going to AA. And now I do go to a 12 step program for my bulimia and it has been really helpful, but, um, the AA and I just felt like everyone would say that they're an alcoholic and I'm not saying that AA isn't great and it just hasn't helped a lot of people. I think it really is. But anytime I would say it, I felt like this isn't right. This is, it wasn't lining up in my spirit. There was no freedom in saying it. I felt like I was saying it just because I had to. Uh Um, but I really liked the idea of like working steps and getting closer to God and all that. So things kind of came to a very, um, you know, kind of a bad ending with my aunt and I, um, but I was, you know, doing just things I never would have saw myself do. I got, um, three DUIs in three months. So just back to back to back. Um, and all while I was on the out of van, you know, because obviously I shouldn't be driving if I'm on, out of van twice a day, but I had to be going places. Um, and then the alcohol mixed in with that. Um, so there was most of the time I was sober though, because I started, you know, realizing that the craving was still there. Yeah. And so then I ended up moving out of my aunt's house and Joe and I got a place together and we started living together in this, um, in this home. And the more I was there, it just, I mean, I, just the worst it got like I would be fine but then the breakdowns and I would be I would just become full of rage and I would text somebody I mean I would just use I have the gift of discernment and the gift of exhortation and I believe that sometimes Satan can take those things and use it to just like if somebody's not walking with God you can just destroy someone because you can see the areas that they might be insecure about and just I would target those and then I would wake up in the morning and just delete the thread <laughs> and just be like, I don't know what I said. Um, <laughs> that's like when you were telling me the other day, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't need to remember. Yeah. You did that to me. Like that was, yeah. it was fantastic. I'm like, where is all of this? Like, yeah. I mean, and we're still friends, you guys, because I have yeah. discernment as well too. So I can Praise go, God. oh, that doesn't seem characteristic of Sam to be like yeah. that. And so I'm so confused right now. And I also know how to stop engaging with something I don't believe is a person. So I can like <laughs> not engage on a text thread and be done with it and say, I'm just going to like put that over here on pause and go, cool. I mean, you can totally be friends with my whole family and cut me out of your life. That's awesome. Like, go for it, Sam. And I remember showing, I think I showed like one of my girlfriends or maybe I showed Orion. I was like, babe, look at this. This is nuts. Like what is happening in life right now? It's so crazy. And, um, and they were just like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I'm just going to put that over here and I'm going to leave that right there. And then I, I, it was probably a year later. I mean, maybe six months to a year later where you reached out and you were just like, oh my gosh, Ruth, um, you, you, you were cognizant of the fact that you did something and because God had, there is a level of freedom that you were uh, walking through in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was like, this happened, this is what I did. And I got off all this medication because blah, 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 blah. And now I'm back here and, and I'm so, so you were cognizant enough to know, like, I'm so sorry. Like that was not right. me, 
But and it the, wasn't true. Right. And in the moment, but in the moment, but what I, I don't want to gloss over in what you're saying right now is, mm-hmm. is that words absolutely matter, especially mm-hmm. because you're such a positive person, like even in disagreements mm-hmm. and even in, we have felt a lot of different <laughs> ways about a lot of different things in life, but you are such a positive person, um, that if someone is coming at you with a negative bent towards something and you're already, your mind is already altered because you're on three different medications and drinking, mm-hmm. And drinking, yes. That's a, that, so what I want people to really hear is, even though in the natural we're, you know, Sam's working through solving the problem of depression, well, perceived problem for her, like it really might not have been that, um, she's working through what we would go walk through in life. Like you guys, I, like 80% of America does this. This is not an abnormal mm-hmm. thing to go to your doctor to tell them your symptoms and for them to prescribe you medications, right? So these are just mm-hmm. natural ways we work through problems that are supernatural problems as well when you're choosing to live a supernatural lifestyle, right? Um, mm-hmm. And words matter. What her aunt was saying to her and depositing through her own life experience attached itself to Samantha in a way where Sam came into agreement with the negativity and actually took it with her, like into what she was doing. And so you can kind of, I just don't want to, I want to, I want people to know that words matter. I am like, they so matter. Um, and so, yeah, go for it. Well, and God is not, God's voice doesn't talk to you like that. That is not God. Mm-mm. God doesn't sit there and say, you're an alcoholic, you're this, you're that, you're, you're a screw up. You're never going to get out of this place. You're never going to own your own house again. You are done. You're divorced. You can't, no one, you can't be used. You can't, there's your ministry. It's gone. Like, this is the stuff that was being spoken over me. Right. And this is what I was, I was dialing into it because I, I just wasn't, you know, I was a Christian, but I wasn't. I wasn't leaning into God, but yeah, I mean, that's so good. Yeah, no, I was, I was, <laughs> so what did happen? Thank God. Um, I went to a doctor and it was a different doctor. It was a new doctor. And, um, mainly I was there because I wanted to get, so now I'm on, I'm on Trazodone. I'm on Ativan. I'm on Zoloft. Uh, I'm, you know, pretty much not drinking, but when I am drinking, it's like binge drinking. So then I wanted to get, um, I forget what it's called, but it was like a weight loss drug. <laughs> so I went <laughs> and I wanted to get the weight loss. So now I wanted another upper, you know, like, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's all these symptoms of just like, okay, so this is causing this. So then we'll give you this. And then this one will come And It's just, I mean, it's just obviously at this point, it's ridiculous. And he laughed at me and he said, well, you He's like, you're on these, these medications are making you fat. And he's like, you should never be on these medications. Like, you know, you shouldn't, this was never supposed to be, you know, you know, this was supposed to be temporary. And so what I heard. (laughs) This is important, everybody. What is actually (laughs) said and what we actually hear. (laughs) Right. So I heard fat and I heard get off the medication. What he oh, meant man. was to taper off those medications, but I don't do things like that. So I just came home and went off everything, and I had the worst breakdown ever. Um, just crying and wailing and wailing over things that I didn't know bothered me. Still, I mean, I've I've shared my testimony about you know of my dad's suicide, of being raised in a household with drugs, of being raped, of being molested, of, you know, all these different things, abandoned, all these different things that happened to me. And I called an ex-boyfriend in front of my husband and was like talking to him about things. I mean, I don't even know what I did. 
And yeah, I that really was saw. what you, that was what with me, it was, you abandoned us. You kicked us to the curb. <laughs> you acted like we did, we did direct sales together. And, and, and I <laughs> stepped away from the business before Samantha did. And so, and I was pretty clear with my whole team in that this is where I'm headed. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Like you guys go for it, go get it. But she, but obviously when you're not in your right mind and you're dealing with, right. with all the other things, I'm like, how did I abandon? I'm thinking I was very clear in communication. Like what happened? And then I'm apologizing. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry you felt that it doesn't matter. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm done. I mean, it was, it, it was, was fantastic. demonic. It, and you know, at this point, both my children were having suicidal thoughts. Wow. And so, was becoming very almost abusive, like just very like anger. He was very, I mean, he was good in this situation, but he would have thoughts of anger. And like, I mean, it was just looking back, we're like, this is like the Amityville horror. Like what was going on? Wow. So I, um, and I was messaging people I didn't know on Instagram. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I, you know, just put the blood of Jesus all over that. I mean, you know, praise the Lord. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was a breakdown. And, um, you know, I had a mentor and I think for a while I did put a lot of my hope in Advo care. So when that, Oh, I don't know. Are we... No, I don't care. Say whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, did so did, we did advocate yeah. together. So yeah. I did. So when Advo, when that got dismantled, it was almost like my hope was taken away. And all these words that I had heard from God, the Satan started saying like, see those, that was never true. That was never true. You don't hear the word of God. You don't hear the voice of God. And I'm going to touch back on this later. Okay. Um, so I did reach out to one of my mentors who she had shared with me that she was struggling with alcohol. Um, and, you know, she was just very transparent. And so, um, when I was coming out of it, I heard God very clean, clearly um, tell me, lean into lean into me you need if I want to get rid of this it's not for me for my past it wasn't it wasn't alcoholism it wasn't AA it was something that I knew was demonic and I needed to really because now I'm off the meds <laughs> so I'm like just just lean into Jesus just just do that and um so I start I got invited to this woman's group and um I started they have this thing called word on Wednesday and it's prophetic and I was grew up in a legalistic church <laughs> still dealing with some of that some of the um, trauma from that but you know I had been prophetic and I was told that's witchcraft you can't do that blah 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 you know your prophetic dreams no that's not possible speaking in tongues no you know all these different things so but I started you know I was I was like okay I can commit to being on this live every Wednesday and I started getting these prophetic words. And what's great about the prophetic is it usually lines up with God, what God's already telling you. Right. And it's just, it's like you already heard it from God. And then just to have that, it, you know, that validation from someone else. And it's someone like you don't even know. And I, you know, one of the, the very first prophetic word was, um, you have the brightest day ahead of you. God is saying that you are, you, this is, you know, you're coming into your brightest day. And they said, and I know it doesn't feel like that right now, but that's where you're going. And so I held on to that. And then it would just be a little bit more breadcrumbs, a little bit more breadcrumbs. And so I was on one day and Christine Baker was on, who I really respect. And, um, you know, they're speaking to you live. And she just said, there's a spirit of depression that has attached itself on you. And we're just going to break that. We're all going to come together and we're going to break that in the name of Jesus. And she just like, you know, she's Christine Baker and she's just speaking it out. And I'm like receiving it. I'm like, my hands are up. I'm like, I receive it. I, amen. I receive it. And I really do believe that that was the beginning for me. Like that I was getting, that I, you know, I got healing from that. Um, and then from there, I just started, you know, just getting more and more involved in that movement. And then there's, you know, other ministries that I, I go and I do their lives with them and stuff. Um, and then I wanted to go to this Her Voice movement and uh, the actual conference. 
I knew I needed to go, but, but again, you know, the enemy's like, well, you already got healed. You don't need to waste that. I mean, that's a lot of money. You can't do that. And so I just said, okay, God, you know, if you want me to go, I'll go. Just bring me the money. And I looked down and I said, okay, how much money would this really cost me? And I wrote down the money. And the next day my boss called and was like, hey, we have these extra hours that we want to give you. And it ended up being the exact amount that I had written down the day before. Wow. So I knew, yeah. And I remember you used to tell me, like, just ask Jesus for it. And I'd be like, oh, ask Jesus. that's not how. And I'd be like, okay, but that's not how God works. Because I had these, you know, I had yeah. financial purchases. You know, I had this spirit of poverty that I grew up in. And that's the way that I looked at money. <laughs> now, my, it's just, it's crazy to me how I got from there to where I am now. So it was just little by little of just surrounding my myself with godly women, kingdom-minded women, um, wise counsel, those type of things. So I go to, so I go to the convention, and I really, really wanted. I wanted. I knew I wanted to get in front of Callie Ship, and she's very prophetic, and um, and I knew that there was something that God wanted to give me tied to her. But then when she comes out to do her thing you really had to go towards the stage and I have such a fear of man. I have such a fear of just, you know, not being polite. Like I don't want to take someone else's turn. I don't want to go and, you know, I don't know what it is about me, but I God said, you get out there, you take your moment. And so I did. And she was speaking in tongues and she grabbed something out of my belly. And like, I was just, I was blown away. I'd never been to something like that before. And then um, her daughter came and yelled over me and she said, <laughs> she said the curse of suicide is broken in your family. And how would she know that? Right. You know? Right. And that's what I was fighting for. I was fighting for my kids. I mean, it's one thing for me to get healed, but I don't want my, I don't want my, I have a new legacy now. Right. You know? Right. Um, but just so many things started happening. Like we went and saw this house and I said, that is my house. This is the house. I'm going to buy this house. I kept driving by the house. <laughs> We'd come to Isleton and, and just walk around the shops and get to know people. And there was no way that I was going to get this house on paper. But, you know, I knew that God said I was going to have it. And, and we got this house and um, we had pastors pray over this house. And um, <laughs> I'm anointing door frames with oil and I'm writing Bible verses on my kids' pillows. <laughs> they're not going to change their pillowcases, so they won't even know they're on there. <laughs> I mean, I am just in such a different place and I'm in such a place for 2020 where I'm just in a place of rest. Nice. I'm in a place where I'm really seeing things. And, you know, you know, I got to say to the devil, you don't get to tell me who I am. Only oh, God can say who I am. That is not you are not allowed to do that. Satan is a liar. He is mean. He's going to speak to you in words that, you know, it's always going to be discouraging. Um, and his main job is to stop you from what you were brought to do. I mean, he, you know, he's probably like, okay, she saves, but he doesn't want all those other people that I'm going to save. He doesn't want the, my ministry to come to light. He wants me to stay stagnant and he wants me to be scared. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm just not doing that any, anymore. You know, I'm in a place where I'm just like, okay, God. And I'm seeing things differently. Um, so it, it's really just so much healing. I haven't had any problems with not drinking hand sanitizer. I'm on um, a very low dose of Lamictal. I, I did go to a doctor, uh, a psychiatrist. <laughs> and she did say, yeah, SSRIs can she's like that is true they can cause um cravings for alcohol so and I felt like a lot of validation what is an SSRI uh, so like uh so like the loft or things okay. like that okay yeah okay. so typical antidepressant okay. yeah and Lamictal doesn't do that and she's like it doesn't cause weight gain <laughs> she knows me pretty well so so then that's really helpful too because I don't want to discredit the fact that there probably is some mental illness um that runs in my family uh and then so one of the things i had gone to this zumba thing in uh northern california and i'd met i'd seen jenny donnelly talk and i met jenny donnelly and the moment i looked at her it was like almost like a like something went off i mean god said 
she's going to make you a diamond. And in my limited mind, I thought, of course, that's network marketing. I'm going to be a diamond. That's what, that's what that means, right? Right. Well, come full circle, Jenny Donnelly is doing this thing, and it's a trauma. So it's a trauma therapy program. Um, so you're dealing with past trauma, and it's um, soul, body, and mind. So um, there's like a physical, there's a movement plan, there's a digestive reset, there's brushing and, and just getting rid of, and then working through your traumas and things like that. And it's called Forging Diamonds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, my mindset was like, I could be a diamond in care. And God's like, no, I'm going to make you brilliant. I'm going to make you a diamond. I'm going to forge you into a diamond and we're going to let go of all this trauma that maybe I have forgiven, but there's, you know, obviously there's stuff I need to deal with. And just looking at things where it's like, okay, I have this weird fixation, um, almost torment for me to look at a picture of myself, especially if I'm not the one taking the picture. Mm. It is just, I can't deal with it. And so I was working with my coach and almost to the point where I've wanted to cut my face with razors before. Wow. Like re- really, really, really just can't deal with it. And so I was with my, talking with my coach and she's like, well, let's ask Holy Spirit why. In my mind, unbeliever, you know, there's just always this part of my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to work. So I said, you know, <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, okay. And so I, I asked God, I'm like, okay, God. And I said, I'm like, do I have to say it out loud? And she's like, well, yeah, that would help. (laughs) Holy Spirit, um, where does this come from? And it was like, Holy Spirit said, because when your dad killed himself, everyone was looking at you and their perception of you changed. And you had to leave that town because people couldn't stop talking about you. And so you want to control how people see you so they can't take the you don't have to be vulnerable. They can't take pieces of you and they can't speak negativity over you as long as you're in control of the way that person sees you. And that's how I've lived my life. I mean, I'm best all around cheerleader and head cheerleader and I'm getting beaten, the, you know, beaten up at home. You know, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm writing for the journalism and getting, you know, rewards. But at home, I'm, you know, picking up pop boxes before my friends come over. You know, it's just that no one can see. And so it's just such a breakthrough. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll ask Holy Spirit more stuff. But it's just been a really crazy, it's, it's, um, I have just, God has just accelerated me. He's just bringing so many blessings. And in the season where a lot of people are just focusing on the ne- negativity of 2020, I'm just focusing on what's in front of me and just, you know, what God wants for me and surrounding myself with people um, that encourage me and give me wise counsel. Not, not that I always, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hear it, right. but I'm taking it differently than I would have in the past. Well, and I want to, I want to circle back to a couple of things you said, I, what I loved, because I am a believer in that our destiny is tied to people, period. Like you can't, hmm. you can't get to, you can't get to your destiny. You can't get to the high calling God has for you without people. Um, cause people, right. I'm, I'm also a believer that people are our inheritance at the end of the day, we inherit people. That's our, that's our reward in life is, is the people that, <clears throat> um, we feel called to or, or, or who are recip- recipients of our ministry or co-laboring in ministry with us. Um, we inherit, mm-hmm. like, it's just our inheritance. You can't take anything else with you, but it's like the people in your life are what you inherit. And so I love, I, I love if, if you guys were listening, a lot of the beginning parts of Samantha's story were very lonely, very isolated, um, very singular in that she was alone. Like she was walking through, uh, traumatic things, but without community. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the second, like, right. She, and I'm going to go back and say this. And I think she would say the same thing. She does not believe that you should just stop taking all medication. Doctors have you on cold Turkey. Okay. Just so we are clear on that. (laughs) I do not advise that it happened. And God spoke to her in that moment. Like she needed him to do, but like circling back, that probably wasn't the wisest 
wisest thing to do. Although God, the beautiful part of that though, is God will meet you even in your stupidity, right? Like he meets us Mm -hmm. even in our absent mindedness and our thoughtlessness with, with situations. And she heard one thing and did reacted and God meets us in our reactions, even though he's asking us to respond. And then when he gets a hold of us, we're able to respond. But she, what she started to do is she started to bring people around her. She started to plug mm-hmm. into events and seek wise counsel and um, shut out the voices of negativity. And wise counsel will open us up to understanding how God speaks to us too. Like mm-hmm. the freedom, yeah. the freedom that I'm sure you began to feel like a lot you're not the only person that is like traumatized from religion. Right. I mean, and Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. religion is designed to control you like to it, it, the religious spirit wants a desired outcome that benefits itself from your life period. So it, that's why it, anyone who begins to attain a level of freedom or, um, you know, is breaking out of things. Like I bet you felt crazy. You're not crazy, but I bet you felt crazy because you're like, right. I'm hearing God talk and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but I'm not supposed to because religion says this or the church has always said this, but I'm not hearing God that way and I'm not feeling and sensing God that way. And so I must mm-hmm. be crazy. And a lot of times because we don't address the supernatural in our uh, religious circles, I'm not all religious circles, but a good amount Mm -hmm. don't address the supernatural it can masquerade itself as depression anxiety all of those things where it's really just the supernatural things of the spirit trying to like manifest themselves in us so that we can be supernatural beings which is what we're called to be in the first place um right and and that can be confusing too but community, you plugged into community, you plugged into people and people helped move you forward. Like, I love how simple you made it seem to, you made God seem, you're like, I remember you used to just say, ask God for it. And then someone else said the same thing, ask Holy Spirit. And you're like, it can't be that easy. It is that easy. The gospel is super simple. Like Jesus is super simple. Like it is not overcomplicated because we, we have to get it. Like we have to get it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It can't be that yeah. complicated. Yeah. And, and they'll say like, you know, start by asking for small things. That's not because God can only give you small things at a time. It's because our mind cannot, you know, we can't go from asking for $10 to asking for a million dollars. Cause we, you know, cause our faith, it's our faith. It's not, God's right. not limited on what he can do. Um, and then, you know, the, the spirit, um, uh, religion, um, yeah, I mean, that's just Satan trying to stop us from, you know, being activated right. in our faith. And when you're around people in the church, you know, everyone's, you know, that's how it's meant to be. Is everyone's gift comes together and then the church is moving together. And it's not that one thing is more important than the other. You know, we are, you know, love without rival. You know, we're all unique. But being around like a lot of women that are walking, I mean, it, I we went to this retreat and it was amazing because we were just all like, everyone's faith was activated because, you know, we had people come in and prophesy over us and do all this stuff. But I will say there was one point and I knew, I knew going there. I told God, I said, um, I don't want the gift of tongues. So let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was worried about it because God was like, Oh no, baby girl, you're, you're getting that one. And I was like, no, no, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> so I go and I'm thinking of the gift of tongues is like the gift of prophecy, like, or the gift of, you know, ex- exhortation or discernment. Like it's, it's a, it's a simple, it's a gift. And so Christine Baker starts talking and I'm just getting nervous. And they kept doing this thing where my door to my room kept getting blocked. And I was like, I have no escape route, um, which is a traumatic, you know, that's right. from a traumatic childhood of always needing an escape route. But as she was talking, God was talking to me too. And she was like, no, everyone has a gift of tongues. And I'm like, oh. And God started saying to me, hey, Sam, you know when you're praying and, and you're praying with someone and, and you hear those grunts and you get embarrassed because it's all, mm-hmm, you know, and 
and it's just that, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit agreeing with people. And, and God was like, what would happen if you opened your mouth and actually stopped muzzling me? And I was like, oh, but that's embarrassing. And what if I do it wrong? Or what if I, you know, pretend it? And um, it was just, I mean, I was crying and I don't cry usually unless I'm having a breakdown. I don't normally cry. And so I just was like, I don't want this gift. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And God was saying, and they came up and they're like, you know, holding on and they're like, just let it out. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like shaking. And God's like, fear of man or fear of God. You need to choose right now, right now, choose it right now. And, and, you know, I just opened my mouth and that's just something that, and I really had to look down at me like, gosh, that was something that was so suppressed in me that I remember I, my mom always told me, she's like, you wake up in the middle of the night and she's like, you start speaking like Hebrew or Spanish. It's really weird. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I've been doing that a long time. And and I was suppressed at, the, at this legalistic church. It was like, you know, you couldn't speak in tongues, gift of prophecy, witchcraft. Um, you can't, women couldn't be in leadership. Um, if women pastors, nope, no way. Nope. That's absolutely wrong. You need to be in a dress. You, you know, like you can't, you can't, um, thirst for God more than your mate. So if, if you're with somebody that's not reading the Bible, you need to encourage him to read the Bible. So, you know, you can't read it on your own and get farther ahead because you don't want to be unequally yoked. And none of that made sense to me. And now I'm hearing people like, they're saying like, you, know, you just keep going towards God and like a rubber band, your husband is just going to, Whirr, right? And he, he, they're like, you're just going to be like, you're walking with God and you're so far ahead of him. And it's like, whoo, he's like, all of a sudden he's like a rubber band. He's been propelled way past you. And you're like, what? Where's well, how did this happen? You know? And it's just like, I'm not going to stop my relationship with God for anyone. And it's just, it's almost, I mean, the more I seek God, the more I find him. Mm. So good. Yeah. So good. I love yeah. it. I'm like, it's so good. It's such, this is a good testimony. I'm like, that's good. Getting set free. And, and your freedom is setting your family free. Like yes, you're absolutely. like mm -hmm. you walking in your freedom and like what you just said, you just keep going. Nothing's going to stop me from pursuing Jesus. And just like a rubber band, boom, your family is mm -hmm. catapulting into position with you um, and chasing out because nobody wants to be left Amen. behind. Nobody, right? like nobody. Yeah. I mean, even in my, gosh, even in, in my life, and I think as women, I don't, I don't know if this is a woman thing. I think we tend to like chase after Jesus more hardcore than our husbands a lot of times. Cause I mean, I went mm -hmm. through 10 years of just going after uh, the prophetic and the, and the things of God and the deeper understanding of, of Jesus. Cause I, I was desperate to be set free. Like I wanted freedom and I was, I'm so blessed that I'm married to someone who's like, yeah, go ahead, go do it. Go, go for it. Go yeah. to that conference, go do these things. And so for almost a good 10 years, probably eight years, my girlfriend mm -hmm. and I were going everywhere. I was going to this prophetic school and this conference and this activation, mm -hmm. all these things. And, and it was, it was disheartening in that I would want to come home and process it my spouse, he was like, yeah, I'm so happy for you, but I don't, I don't have time to listen to you. And so it was kind mm -hmm. of a, it felt like a very singular thing for a really long time. And then, you know, you fast forward and I remember the first time Orion was like, I think I'm going to go do that school of power and love. And I'm like, yeah, I did that like three years ago. You should go do that, babe. Have fun. <laughs> and he got his socks rocked off. And, wow. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And it changed him. And, you know, I and you you fast forward even then getting getting um, kicked out of a church. It, it will do something to you as a couple. I mean, like when yeah. you have that experience that that is like a blind side you don't see it coming like i didn't i didn't see the, the place trap, we yeah. yeah the place we'd invested in for so long sitting us down and and like rejecting us and saying you can't you're not a welcome here anymore goodbye but like door shut and and both of us like i've had things like that happen wow. to me in life but orion had mm -hmm. never had things happen like that to him and that propelled us 
together, but God had given him a word in that season. You will be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And he's like, Mm. you know, like, just like you said, um, I I heard God say that he's going to, Jenny Donnelly is going to make me a diamond. And you're like, in my limited understanding, I thought this way, but God meant it this way it was the same Mm -hmm. with us in that season of Ryan's like oh this means we're gonna rise the ranks in leadership and this is gonna happen and we're the rock rules and then all of a sudden boom the door's shut you're rejected all your friends are gone from the last seven years and you're all alone and Orion's like this doesn't feel like advancement and it's like "Uh uh-huh it doesn't but abide started out of that like God God birthed an entire reconciliation movement out of out of the most it it seems like the most rejected situation like you feel like there's no reckon like how can we be we be called to reconciliation but like this massive thing happened well I have hope number Mm -hmm. one but number two it's like because God needed my husband and I to be side by side on the same page Mm -hmm. he needed to speed up the process for Orion (laughs) so that's what he used to do it and I just look at I look at what God has birthed out of that and so you're right like a long story to say you're right like don't it's such bad theology wait you can't be unevenly yoked well that just means like if you're a lover of Jesus don't go marry yourself a drug addict or a non-Christian like find somebody right. who legit has the same foundation as you right you guys can yeah. have the same foundation and be at two different spiritual levels God will even the playing field period he'll do mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and so I love that so that's encouragement for someone because someone's gonna be listening to this and they're gonna be like I'm waiting for my husband to catch up and Sam just said don't wait like, don't, don't wait. wait. <laughs> you just keep going. Nope. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, bless his heart. Joe plays a lot of video games. You so just made me spit water on Wednesday. <laughs> what? Bless his heart. I just spit water all over my podcasting <laughs> equipment. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, he's, just, he, he's there, you know, he's killing zombies and stuff. And I'm listening to Word on Wednesday or three months of ministries or, you know, all these different, um, you know, Bible studies or hearing God's words. And it's like osmosis. I mean, he's, he's picking it up. Yeah. And then he'll say things Yeah. where I might be like, Hmm, I don't know. And he's like, no, this is what God wants. This is what we're doing. He's like, and I, it's just, I'm just like, Whoa, where did you come from? And so, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Cause God, you know, God will do that for you. Um, cause God's never going, I mean, that's, that's, God's never going to tell you to put your relationship with him on hold for anything. No, he's right. Not. No. And, and he's a jealous God. You know, I mean, I'm a jealous, I can be a jealous person. So, <laughs> but, you know, God, God wants us. Like, you know, he wants us. Um, and it, and it's, you know, what I really love is just people, and like what you're looking to get from other people is just, it's, it's our mess that saves other people. Come it's, on. It's our mess. You know, it's not this perfect person. And I used to think like, I mean, I used to think, oh, well, I have to have a kitchen looks, that looks like this. Or I have to have that in order to be able to serve because I can get caught up in that perfectionism when really that's not what people want to hear. Come on. They don't, you know? Yes. And yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a good I just feel like I'm in such a different place and I haven't had any of that come back up. Um, you know, and I'm, and I, I'm mindful of it and I, and I stay on my medication. I'm on a very low, low dose of Lamictal for bipolar disorder. Um, I don't like to say I'm bipolar cause that's not my identity. Right. And I'm learning to walk in my true identity and of who God says, and that's not what God says about me. Um, but I, I, take a very low dose and I check in and you know um yeah and you know if that helps my brain chemistry a little bit I'm also learning new how to make new new neural pathways and and how to let go of those traumas and and how to change the way that I do things and all that's a process and it's a very scary I mean it it can be very scary if you're not in a safe place and you're not walking with Jesus to look at this trauma um which is probably why looking for alcohol or something to help me through it yeah I mean there is not every way works for everyone. And I think we all deal with trauma and different things. We all come to Jesus different. We all have different relationships. And, and the way I feel today, and, you know, in three years, I might have 
way different mindset about it, or I might have explored those different areas and come to some new conclusions. But today that's where I'm at with Jesus. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, um, so the practical things that you're doing, I love, I love that you, you said I am taking a low dose of, um, your medication for bipolar. I don't identify Mm -hmm. As bipolar, because I understand mm-hmm. what who, who I am in Christ and what He says about me. I think those are mm-hmm. really important things um, to reiterate. And then, how has your freedom um, in this last season helped your kids? And then help Joe. If we could, if you could leave people with like, hey, when you when you pursue freedom and when you pursue wholeness uh, and your testimony, this is what it does for the generations. I mean, and some people might not even have kids. So you're doing this for your your kids that you're dreaming about in life someday. Um, and so, how what does that what does that look like in your household um, in this season? Hmm, that's really good. Um, well, for one thing, for me, I learned because my family loves me. Um, they cherish me. They've seen me at my very worst. So I've really learned. Um, when it says that your husband loves you like Jesus loved the church, mm. I've, I've really seen that. I've seen the forgiveness. Um, he's grown as a person. He's looked at things differently. Um, there's a lot of hope. Uh, my kids would look at me and say, oh, it's, it's happening again. I can tell. And this would be before I would even start some self-destructive behaviors. And when I was coming out of it, they would say, oh, they would, my, Connor would always be, well, let me look at you. And he's like, oh, okay, you look like mom again. And so um, I, I'm hoping, I think that they are seeing that, you know, hey, if, if I am having any suicidal thoughts or things like that, I can talk to, them, to my mom. And they both were having suicidal thoughts, and I've talked to them both, and, and they're not in that since I went and got healing um, for my family and fought for that. They're not having that. Um, Joe isn't having issues with anger or anything like that. You know, we did go back to that house that we were, um, when we were moving out and, you know, it would be like, Joe would walk in and the moment he walked in that house, he was just angry, you know, throwing things. And like, he's like, no, I'm not doing this. And then we would drive away from the house. This was where we're moving out and then he would be fine again. So they all, yeah. And so I, I think everyone has realized that, you know, demonic spirits can attach yourself to them. Um, I spend a certain amount of time um, a day just praying over my husband, praying over my children, praying over my community, praying over my government. Um, but, you know, if you're not praying for your husband and your children, who else is, you know? Right. I mean, someone needs to. And I'm learning how to build up walls. And I'm seeing some of that come into fruition with my children, which is, you know, really good. But, um, and then I'm not as reactive to them. so. Uh, I went to this retreat and I came home and <laughs> uh, my son goes, how was your cult meeting? I'm like, Oh, it was great. Thanks. Oh <laughs> like, you can't, God. you can't press my button. Um, one of the things I was really worried about, I guess one of the things I was really worried about um, when I was at the retreat, um, I started really worrying about like, I, and just really praying like, God, I, I just want my children to turn their face towards you. I want them, you know, be strong men of Christ and it was something I was really worrying about and then I got a prophetic word of like God wants you to know your children are going to be strong men of God and and this wasn't someone I was like inviting in that this was my fear because of course that's embarrassing as a Christian woman to be like hey I'm not sure (laughs) I'm not sure my kids are coming up with me you know like because then you feel like you failed as a mother but she's like you know your children are absolutely going to follow Christ it's not something you need to worry about you just keep speaking out how they're going to affect the kingdom. So, um, and I'm seeing just so much more harmony in the house. Um, it's just a different, it's, you know, it's like, it's night and day. Wow. That's and, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. I love it. That's right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Hey, every, I think the majority of people have kids that are pre-Christian and, um, and we, as parents, we see, we see the greatness. I was just saying the other day to not to, we can wrap this up, but I was just, it was funny because someone we're sitting at a table and people were to, Oh yeah, you know, teenagers, they're so, 
this and Henri. They were saying things. And if there's anything that triggers me is it's when you label teenagers. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like that happened with me for for a good part of my life. Um, hmm. yeah. and, and I think what it is is well, one thing I said is I said, yeah, I said I hear what you're saying, but I actually won't. I refuse to say anything about my kids that isn't um, like I, I refuse to believe that about teenagers or about my kids in general. I said, because I love teenagers. I love them. I love young adults. Mm-hmm. And I said, even I said, a lot of times what we do is what triggers us as parents is their behavior doesn't match who we see them being, but what it really is, is it's a, um, it's the immaturity of their giftings right? They, it's, mm-hmm. it's who yeah. they are in an immature manner because their, their giftings haven't yet been developed for the kingdom. So it's either a misuse mm-hmm. of, of their giftings or mismanagement or an immaturity in, and it comes out as ornery, as, you know, defiant, as rebellious or whatever. And I was just like, no, I'm going to choose to <laughs> with my teenagers. Cause I go through the same thing. Like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. I can feel like I failed as a mom for sure sometimes, but I go, Nope, this is my kid. They're going to change the world. Here's what they're going to do for Jesus. Here's how they're going to, I exactly what you were told to do is what I do with my kids too, because I'm, I want to see that. I want to see the fruit of my words manifest over my kids. Yes. And if you take and- anything away from this, understand that you will see the fruit of your words that you're speaking out. <laughs> Period. Amen. You know, and that's something that's so great that you said that because I've been just recently, that's another freedom is I've been able to like when they when they do things, I'm like, oh that's your that's because you have the gift of this. That's because yep. you have the gift of that. Yep. Um, and, you know, sometimes if you're not, I don't throw this apart on them, but sometimes if you're not, when you're learning your gift, you're going to use it wrong. You're going to do this. Totally. Um, I am really, I do want to say I'm really thankful. Um, I'm so thankful for the amount of grace that was shown to me um, when I was going through those breakdowns and, and, you know, the evil, horrible things that I said to people, including you, that um, that they were just washed over and that I was forgiven for it. Um, and you know, just that amount of grace, like it's, it's, it's so good to know that, um, that you can come back from something like that. Come on. You know, you don't have to cut, you don't have to cut people off just because you, you sinned against them. Um, I don't even feel so like free. you sinned against me because I, under- it's <laughs> You're like, in a good place. Yeah. It's not, you didn't even sin against, you literally were out of your mind Exactly. Out of my mind. Out of your mind. And, and yes, if a person doesn't, sure, there's other people that may feel a certain way about that, but like, praise Jesus. I can sit there and just be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And yes, that's, that's reconciliation though. That's the kingdom. And so that all comes back to knowing who God has made each one of us to be. And it's like, okay, I can't say I'm, I'm called to reconcile people in life, families, relationships. And then when someone ha- you know, is off their rocker and I actually can feel it and know it and cut them out of my life and be like, well, that's it for you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, it's just every, every, Every encounter with a person is an opportunity for us to deal with a piece of ourself and grow, period. Yeah, yeah. Period. So, no, I'm glad, too, and I'm glad that it's it's just fun to come back around in a friendship and um, be able to see just the – because a lot of hard work went in on your part to getting – you to where you are. It didn't just happen overnight. I want people to really mm-hmm. understand that who are listening, yeah. that freedom. Yes, God can set you free, but you fight for your freedom, right? And the way that mm-hmm. Sam fought for her freedom was she invested in um, trainings. She invested in getting out of her comfort zone and showing up in a room and being present um, for really speak. She showed up in her conversations with God. And mm-hmm. allowed him to speak to her in a way that was 
foreign to her, but she knew this is God. And then she allowed wise counsel into her life. Um, and so freedom is free, but it takes a lot of pursuit and work for the desired outcome, you know, that you might be seeking for your life. Um, like even in getting the house, if you guys were listening, she, she walked the neighborhood of that home. She went to the shops. She got to know people. She prayed over that region. Like she actively, she didn't just say, God, I want that house. And mm-hmm. then did nothing. Yeah. Your faith is activated with works. Works doesn't get you any closer. Like it doesn't earn you points in heaven, but it does activate your faith. And so, because the Bible does say faith without works is dead. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, you can have all the faith for freedom and faith for the things that God says he has for you. But if you don't activate it with works, active things you're doing to pursue that faith, then it's, it's really not going to go anywhere. So I hope you guys are really encouraged um, with Samantha's testimony of freedom. And we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing more testimonies with people. Um, and I'm sure I'll circle back around to Sam because I know she's got, like, did you hear her say that she overcame bulimia? So she can do a whole podcast on eating disorders. And I think that that is something that needs to be talked about that's not talked about in the church. And so yeah, um, not to go down that rabbit hole today, but we will schedule <laughs> another call for that. But I just, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your vulnerability. Um, I'm thankful for your freedom that I, I 100% know is going to set so many other people free listening to this. Um, and I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. This is so fun. Good. I'm going to sign off and we're going to say see you later for now and we'll catch you on the next episode.